Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is a mess. Come on in. Welcome to Fly on the Wallin', hosted by me, the lovely, fabulous, delicious Amber. And Ben, the straight-talking, joke-whacking, slip-slacking, <laughs> slip-and-slacking uh, co-host Ben. Right. If you don't know us, just think of us as two water bottles, trying our best to stay wet and filled. Yummy. We're here to share our stories of dating, parenting, and what happens when you record it all for the world to see. Ben, I love that. That was a good one. Wet and filled? We love to be wet and filled. That's great. Especially on a hot California day. We got heat waves around the U.S. People are dying from heat exhaustion. I suffered from some heat sickness. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, you did. First time ever heat sickness. I was shivering i was waking up sweating basically your body forgets how to regulate its own temperature so you're hot then you're cold then you're on then you're not yeah well why don't we as as we always know there's more to this story so we went to the beach for a day to celebrate my friend's birthday mm-hmm. and then after that after it was three truly hours really a great time because i drink a lot of truly yes you did and after that, after three hours in the sun, you decided to drunk. do what? I wanted drunk basketball. You wanted drunk basketball. Yeah, it's like the best way to play basketball. Because, you know, you're like, that wasn't a foul. And you're like, I don't care. <laughs> so you went to the courts and, and further prolonged your sun time by how much more time, would you say? Uh, enough to make me sick for two days. I didn't even know sun sickness was a thing until I showed you on my Instagram. And people were like, he's got sun poisoning. That's Oof. a thing. Yeah, that's so bizarre. I mean, not really. It's it's a thing. Your that you are having hot. diarrhea from enjoying a day at the beach? I feel like well, that's it was a The bizarre. worst thing was the shivers and the headaches. Oh, my God. I would sneeze and my head would just collapse in itself. Not cool. And you had Don't it for about three it. days, right? Yeah. Well, are you feeling better now? You look I'm good. I'm feeling way better. Because you give me all the sun in my life, and you don't give me sun sickness. How You're, cute. You give all the benefits of the sun without the sickness. Like what? What's one benefit of the sun? You give me the vitamin D I need, baby. Okay. Let's, you know what? Let's, you want to jump right into the show a little bit? Yeah. The top of the show is continuing to gas me up, which is what you always do. So I, we have a couple of shout outs that we need to oh, just yeah, shine light on. This okay. is crazy. These are all like really fun things. Two big announcements. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all those of you who supported our Kickstarter for our documentary. We dropped a documentary, We're Pregnant and Other Lies. We've been promoting that documentary every week on the podcast and just sharing that with people. It's it, You can find it on Patreon. And the documentary that I directed and edited while Ben, ben is also It's first subject. laurel. You know, those little it laurels did. you see on like Cannes Festival. It wasn't, she didn't get accepted to Cannes, but it was a huge festival. It's Bronze Lens Historically Black Festival in Atlanta, ATL. So you are heading home, baby. Home where it all started. I know, and it was so emotional because I was, 
I, you know, the first part of the documentary was truly filmed on an iPhone. Like some of the mm. clips in the documentary are vertical for a reason. So I just never thought I, I've always loved editing and storytelling. But to be selected for a film festival is like next level. And I've, I've applied to a few. We've, we've talked about that on the show. So I'm just really proud of myself. And this even though I edited it and directed it and produced it and did a lot of work for it, I really do want to thank you because you. You helped babysit, so I could do all of those things. You and you were super, super supportive. So this is like if I actually win an award at the festival, it's it's our award, it's our win. I know. So thank you, all of the all those of you who have been just rallying around us. So that's the first big piece of advice. The second really major fun piece of not advice. The second really major fun announcement is that we are up to. Do you know how many podcast ratings we have on Apple? Uh, what you looking like at? Eight hundred. 800, 300? 801. Are, are you looking at the outline? Yeah, Got yeah. It. We have 801 podcast reviews. That's I'm going to tell y'all why this is a big deal. Because all of you have been giving the podcast such incredible reviews, I actually got to sit down this week and have a meeting about potentially touring the podcast, having a live tour where we go to different cities around the country and do the podcast in front of a live audience. So we are currently in the process of getting that show together to produce it. So we are super excited and we're trying to decide like what cities to go to and things like that. Um, nothing is set in stone yet, but as soon as the tour dates drop, we will share all that information. Or paper. Nothing is said in paper either. Or So I'm sorry. Out of all of the announcement about Fly on the Wall and being a live podcast tour, you heard nothing was set in stone. <laughs> I need you to focus. That's why, you know, I'm not cutting the jittery at the top I'm, of the show. I'm excited, I'm excited for had? this. I didn't know you were going to announce this now. I feel like well, it's I'm too not, early to announce it. No. Because, right? This It's not too early because what I want to say is – I thank all of you for continuing to write Apple Podcast reviews because those reviews actually led to a real conversation this week. Again, nothing is said That's in stone. That's the first time I heard of it. So the so that in the meeting they were like, "You have high podcast reviews." Yeah, he was like, "You've got wow. really great high podcast reviews, and we feel like we could do something with this." I didn't know that. I was see, I didn't. Amber, okay. I don't sit in all these meetings. So dang, that's so cool. Let me tell you why you don't know. Because after the meeting, I asked you if you want to sit down and discuss what the the meeting was about because it was about the podcast, and oh, you were like, I "No, tired. I gotta eat, I, I gotta was clean, so I gotta." Because you were still sunsick, so I was I, sunsick, and I just uh, taken the kid out to um, the kid Wild out to. We have a kid named Wild, so people don't know. We have a kid named Wild, and I took her to a library, but this library was just chaos, man. Yeah, it was, you, it was you were. A, it, was a, it was a lot of fun, but there were so many kids and so much activity. Then they had 30 minutes of free play, and she's running around. And now she's really into like running into the street. So I had to grab her from <laughs> the street. So I was very tired when I came home. Yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't know. That's awesome. I wow, know. Okay, cool. He was like, I saw that, that this show, like, not only does it have like great numbers in different cities, but it's doing really well as far as reviews go. So oh, you're yeah. you're one of our number one people that we want to consider touring with. I mean, both of us. I was just yeah. the person in the meeting. So, so we're, we're in early stages of this planning yep. to do an interactive live show. So if you ever watch the HBO Max live show, Will Arnett and Jason uh, Bateman, what it, it's called... Um, Sean Hayes, Smartlist. Smartlist. So if you've seen that show, what we're going to produce is going to be a little bit um, elevated than what they do, probably. <laughs> okay, well, not not that, because obviously we're, we're not. We're going to have a good time. We're going to out, out, I'm going to out Bateman. You're going to out people? I'm oh, okay. going to out Bateman, <laughs> Bateman. 
I like Jason Bateman. I like his dry humor wit. Yeah, so we're I we're like pushing some ideas to, together. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. We are, yeah. But that I'm I'm telling you, that the is goal why is by I, the end of the year, right? You said yes. So we're definitely gonna have at least one show before the end of the year, and then if that show does well, we're gonna be doing like a full tour in 2024. So I guess Amber's saying this. So if you really like to meet us in person the best way to do that is to add up another podcast review and tell your friends listen to just one episode you know what just subscribe right have it downloaded have it play it to your cat when you're away from work if you got a cat or a gerbil some people have gerbils or um uh, or a skunk found out today some people have skunks skunks as pets skunks some people have cunts too, huh? Cunts. <laughs> anyway, I do want to read three of the reviews real quick because these are the kind of things that y'all have been saying about us. Okay, come on, Grandma. Um, okay, this review is from S. John Lee. S. John's Lee, who also made this review on the 4th of July. Love, love, love this family. I've been watching Amber and Ben since TikTok. Before there was Baby Wild, I love the topics they talk about and where they can be serious but goofy. And at the same time, keep doing y'all thing. Also, hey to my niece, Wild Lynn. Got another review for you. I love you guys. This one's from I Have No Name. Great. We love you. I Have No Name. My first encounter was a video of you getting Ben ready for black church. You remember that? And yeah. I was an instant fan. Uh, listening to your podcast give us a deeper look at the two of you individually. Thanks for sharing your love and struggles as you navigate parenthood. Much love and success. You want to hear one more just because we're like feeling right. the love fest? Yeah, if you got three. Yeah. Oh, I got, I mean, I got 801, but uh, here, here is a third. Last one. Um, Desi Love says, obsessed. I'm actually obsessed with this show and their content. They're genuine, authentic, engaging, and relatable. I enjoy their dynamic and their transparency. They're also hilarious, naturally. Definitely give the podcast a listen. Isn't that great, Ben? That's well, some uh, of us are hilarious, right? Yeah, I mean, we're both. We we make a good team together. Hilarious. We're hilarious together. <laughs> we're uh, hilarious uh, together. in the hilarious life. Yeah, yeah. No, we are. I'm just, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Amber uh, thinks she's so much better than me, which is funny because then when she fails, it's like she just is so heartbroken. Well, I take, by her I, have, I have integrity for the craft. She's like, wow, Ben did something better than me. Oh what did God. you do better than me? What have you recently done better than me that I didn't then that I didn't teach you how to do? So don't 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 come over here and talk about your little TikToks. My TikToks have been doing well. You you don't even know what a tick or a talk was uh, until you met me. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Who who taught you how to edit? Who taught you how to laugh and smile? I uh, know how to kit, put a kid in a car seat better than you. What? Sure. Uh, how, did I recently not put her right in the car seat? Yeah, Amber like forgets to like strap her up so the car seat buckle is. Well, like, I don't choke her. her. That's <laughs> you're correct. I don't put the I don't put the thing that says armpits on her neck. You're correct in that. That's what you do. You put it on her little tummy. I was like, that's, I do not that's put that's it on gonna, her tummy. That's gonna squish her intestines. No, and you put it on her neck. So that's not okay. Uh, can we talk about babies for a second? Yeah, we're on the subject of babies, which I do better. I do caring for babies better than you so yeah no I, i'm you know i'm gonna give you your props <laughs> thank you because i can't be everything i can't be beautiful talented funny and and uh, the number one and parent. the number one caretaker so you, you can't <laughs> you and wild have a very close 
Bond that obviously like brings me to tears in the best way. I love I love watching y'all read books together and tears of jealousy or tears because <laughs> that's the best way. Tears of jealousy yeah. are the best. Just I'm, I'm like standing behind an, an <laughs> like, oak tree plotting, just watching you two plotting my death. Yeah, but I love that y'all are close. I, I I love that you are a great caretaker. A lot of people don't show up for their kids, so it brings me great joy to see you. A lot of fathers spend time with your child. don't show it. You said it. I got me. that. I got that datification. Datification. Da- Dat- oh, oh, I like that. Ben's got, got that datification. Okay, maybe a podcast um, episode name. Datification. Okay. So the first segment of our show is called hashtag influenced. I influence. Who who is that, Ben? Oh, the racism. I influence. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> are, 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 are I don't know. A Waka seal? Waka flame. Oh, sorry. Wow. <laughs> anyway. Sounds like a seal. I, I, if we're keeping a, a friend of mine recently informed me that I always have a strike system that I keep that uh, basically amounts to nothing. So that that's a strike so far. Uh, for not knowing Waka Flocka Flame. Anyway, so during Are this segment... Are we playing segment, softball or baseball? Do I get four strikes or three? Where In what sport do you get four strikes? I thought in softball. No. In like some of the softball leagues, you get four strikes. Three. Well, maybe like a rec league. Yeah, are we playing know. rec league? No. Can I, Okay. Can we make it t-ball where you don't get any strikes? You just keep swinging until you hit the ball? Sure. Well, that's kind of how my strike system works. but But just know you have them up there. All right, let's talk about some. If things I foul are... the ball on the third strike, does that still count as an out? You you talking? To, let me go ahead and sit my coffee because you you doing your own show now. Go go ahead, do a one man show. Why don't you get? Why don't you? I, I'm trying to talk about what's trending on the internet this All week, right, but so you want to talk about softball. AI is trending on the internet, and people are you know getting horny for their like future like lookalikes or whatever. I don't know. Babies, they're called babies. <laughs> They're like I'm, I'm horny, so I'm. Let's have sex so I can make someone that looks like me. And one of the ways they're getting horny nowadays is that AI is generating baby lookalikes of their of themselves. So it's like, yeah, I've seen people with and without children doing this to either like compare to their to current compare. children or just to sort of I don't know romanticize what their future children will look like. What yeah, are your thoughts on this? Rem and I, well, you're giving this app more data on yourself uploading these photos so you know i don't know what they're going to use these photos for uh so now they have that ai data they could use for i don't know ai porn in the future and you're like yeah maybe i don't want my face to be you know used in a porno if it's ai generated i mean i don't i wouldn't care who's making ai generated porn I, I like the natural bodies myself. People the, the human are bodies. making AI generated porn. Really? Well, I've I'm, heard of like hentai. If yeah, well, that's animated. Animated like, porn, anime. but but okay, so people are making <sighs> AI generated porn. If we can say AI generated porn, if we can say that, it exists. Okay, so here's here's my question because I've I've been the one in the past that's been a little bit afraid of AI uh, voice recognition and being able to replicate a voice. Yeah. I, 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 I caution to say that this is dangerous with the AI baby trend. Is it annoying? Sure. But I caution to say if it's dangerous because I'll speak for myself. The internet has so much of my data already. Yeah. <laughs> like I, mean, I, they have every single thing they need to know about me. If they wanted to nuke me right now, they know the coordinates. So I don't think I'm the best person to say 
people shouldn't do this for safety reasons because I, I literally post like my armpits every day. Well, it's people were freaking out about AI generating Drake songs, which is like, right. wow, oh man, Drake. Can't well, there's write money his own thing now, but there's money and and copyright and licensure issues in that. Yeah, well, you just say, oh, that's not my song, Drake. And also, it's is it a Drake song if Drake didn't write it? I mean, it makes it a Drake song because Drake has the whole persona. We talked about this before. Okay. But my thing is now we are selective. Now we're like, oh, but AI generated, you know, babies based on our lookalikes or whatever. That's fine because, um, you know, what are they going to do with that? But you're still giving a company data. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that the company is going to use that data for other things. But it does mean that they have that data and that they get to act as like a third party and sell that data to someone else. Mm. And people are like, they're like, if we just jazz it up and do it for fun and, and spit out a picture. Well, because we all did the, not we all. I, I'll say I'm one of the people that, I, I sent my picture to somebody else. And yeah. they, made, they did the little AI thing when it was just us as like a fantasy cartoon or something. But the babies is really interesting. Yeah, well, data brokers are, you know, online data brokers are a real thing. So if you sign up for a game that's free, okay, right, you're giving that game part of your data. It could right. be your coordinates. It could be your name, your age. And then they're going to sell that data to advertisement, advertisement agencies or whatever. They can use whatever information you give them. They can sell that to other people. Mm-hmm. So if you upload personal... F- photos of yourself for this ai to generate a baby they now have these photos and they can sell those photos to other people if they wanted to Mm -hmm. or they can sell the ai generated of yourself to other people right so if i'm a ai generated um you know animator and i want to buy a bunch of different you know people so i can make a film whether it's adult film or whatever i could maybe go to an ai generated you know program like uh, Remini and say, hey, can I buy some of your data? Maybe, maybe, maybe they sell it to me. Maybe they don't. Maybe they have a contract being like, you know, you can't use it for this and that. Gotcha. But, but you're still giving. Yeah. So people are like, it's just funny how, you know, there's a, it pulls on your heartstrings to see a baby look alike of you. Yeah, you it know? does. And I so like people I've are done not going to freak not, out not, about that. Not an, sorry, I thought you were done. Not an AI baby, but I've definitely been like, let's put me and Ben's picture in a little generator and see if it looks like wild. Yeah, you did that. Yeah. Yeah, but that somehow is not an AI baby. Or it is. Well, yeah, I mean, whatever generator you ran that through, now they have those photos. Got you. And depending how large their servers are, how regularly they like clear out their servers. But what if I use, but what if I had already had that picture posted on Facebook or something? I mean, anything you post on Facebook, Facebook owns it to an extent. Got it. Which is why they're scary. able to sell. Well, no, it's not scary. It's just how they make money. Yeah. They're like, well, we have, we know that, you know, Ben votes this kind of way. We know that he has a black wife, so, and he knows this. So we're going to give him ads. We're going to feed this to ad companies. And, right. And target focus ads. They just, it's not like nebulous, you know, insidious yes. things. You know, they're not actually overturning elections, even though people think they are. Yeah. Most people on Facebook. Uh, yeah, it's just not a thing. Got it. Thank so you. I, I don't think Thank we should you. be worried. OK, well, we'll 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 keep our I mean, I love new technology. Even right now, one big thing that's happening is like everybody's migrating from Twitter to threads to threads and to uh, 
there's like a black Twitter app called Spill, I want to say. Oh. Um, so, yeah, because, you know, we don't tweet that much, but apparently Elon's making it like insufferable over there. And then I think he's also starting to limit how many like posts you can see or yeah, like that's in a day old or news. something. That's I know. I don't, I don't twiddle. So, <laughs> I, you know. You don't twiddle? It's new to me. I don't tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> uh, but so, yeah. But, but I do like I'm on AMP and things like that. Shameless plug, bad advice with Amber on Tuesdays at five PM. So it's just why new is this? Why is time. this a trend though? I want to get back. Why is this a trend? Why do people want to see their future babies? What they look alike? I don't know. I guess it's just fun to see yourself in. It's it's like why is putting bunny ears on my face fun? It's just, they just I think wanted. it's just a way to pass the time and see yourself differently. I I saw my friend had. My friend had AI babies. I have a friend who's single. She had AI babies. She had a picture of her in a wedding dress. I'm like, everything okay over there? Like, <laughs> it could be a way of hard. living out a fantasy. It's a way of living out a fantasy, right? You may or may not get in your f- future. So it's yeah. almost like playing a video game. Yeah, or even a board game. Or like, a board I used game. to love playing the game of life. I'm like, what house am I going to get? Or a Monopoly? I'm like, ooh, I'm going to own something on Park Place. I was thinking though, oh man, I could see like a. Um, some sort of abort, like an anti-abortion company, mm-hmm. um, f- getting like lists of everyone who's had an abortion, and then matching those lists with people who've made AI babies on Remini, or 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 getting those pictures, and then running those pictures through Remini and saying this is what your baby would have looked like. Oh, or I or hate or, that. or oh, someone God. walking into, I could see this like you set up a TV and the TV scans somebody walking into an abortion clinic and then quickly runs that through Remini and sh- spits out the image of what the baby would look like. So this is what your baby will look like if you go and if you uh, this is what you're murdering if you go in and, and get an abortion. Evil. Isn't that evil? So evil. I don't even want to. That just gave me that's chills. How, that's that's a how, horror story. That's how, yeah, that's how an uh, in in anti-abortion. Because I'm, you've got to call them anti-abortion. You can't call them pro-life. If they're pro-life, can't, what, right. you can't call yourself pro-life if you vote against, you know, uh, maternal leave. If you vote against yeah. uh, health care for the mother. If you vote against... Uh, all these other things, if you vote for war, if you vote for the death penalty. So I'm not going to give them that pleasure of saying that they're pro-life. So anti-abortion. But I, I think I think that would be a really fucked up story. Yeah, you're going to work on to, your short horror story about yeah, that? Because that, that does like sound great, horrible. Yeah. And then, and then what? And then maybe the protagonist comes in and murders um, serial, starts serial killing the people who, who um, you know, protests outside abortion clinics yes that would be like a conscientious serial killer yeah i'm sure yeah they exist somewhere yeah a serial killer of anti-abortion protesters yeah where are they man i'm just kidding woo that kid's uh, got to read it explicit on that one speaking of influence i post a lot of things i've been posting uh, yeah, more speaking things. of killing uh i got a really funny message that turned into pretty funny. mean. Funny would be the so I. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna shut up. What did the message say? Well, um, so I I do like serial killers. So I actually brought a book. I can't put down. I started this book when um, uh, uh, yeah, it's an amazing book. So the first night I read like a hundred pages of it, and it wasn't really very good. It's called Mayf- Mayfly by C.J. Lead. 
And uh, yeah, I opened it up first time. Uh, this is a first person's novelist, but it's a Disneyland novel. It's a serial killer novel. It is an L.A. novel. It's amazing. Um, sort of gives it away if I say serial killer, oh. because the first you don't really find out the serial killing is happening until the first until after like the first hundred pages. But it is a huge twist. It is violent <laughs> you're and giving gross. Away. Yeah. Okay. Well, so highly what is... recommend it. All so right. I just like this kind of stuff because you sort of get into the the darkest realms of human or like why people decide to do these terrible things. It's just creative and, and, and gross. And some of the kills are cool. And anyway, uh, yeah, you should read Mayfly. It's an easy book to read. Very easy. And this person wrote to me on a message. We'll plug it again in the shelf. They're like, they were like Ben or however you spell your name. Just know you would get caught. You would get caught. You've said things. We're giving advice when I don't know if we're going to make it. I love you when you're. I love you when you're still. Uh, I love. I love when you're still like you're in a coffin. If anything were to happen, I would pull the plug. There's a couple of other things that you've said too that seems to leak dark and sinister, sinister, sinister thoughts. I do have dark, sinister thoughts. That little Chris Watts vibe isn't funny. That's the guy who murdered his whole family and like hid his girls inside the the oil rig thing you better figure it the fuck out because you would get caught you would so get caught so, so someone messaged this to you on fly on the wild well fly on the whalen podcast did you just mispronounce our last name yeah people call me whalen sometimes like don't mispronounce Wallen. it because Wallen. i took your last name too so i'm like wait a minute what <laughs> i've been pronouncing it wrong too okay so someone messaged this to you basically on instagram yeah essentially saying you have said the following things, so if you did something to me, you would get caught. I mean, the first thing I did was like, fuck, now I can't go through with it. <laughs> See, don't even play, because <laughs> they're going to be mad. But, well, because here's the thing. I know you love horror and gore, and I know you're joking, but... I, what, 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 be honest with me. What was your initial thought when you saw some? I thought it was funny. I thought this was hilarious. And okay, I was good. like, oh, then I got to that little Chris Watts vibe. Is it funny? I was like, I give Chris Watts vibe. I mean, he was pretty hot and muscular. I don't have muscles. That's not funny. I don't have muscles. Like, he, he had a presence. Well, first of all, she he, didn't say, she didn't say, or they didn't say that little Chris Watts vibe. It, what Chris Watts physique isn't funny. They said the vibe. Right. I mean, your vibe is everything. Your physique and everything. Yeah. I didn't. My Chris. First of all, Chris Watts never talked about killing his family. He was like, I That's have true. a perfect family. That's true. Um, he had a he yeah. had a girlfriend on the side. I was like, who? What? I don't. My girlfriend yeah. on the side. You don't um, have to say he's hot though. That's just that's just crazy. You just he you was just, an attractive man. Yeah, but you just unhinged for pointing out like first of all he's finer than me, so I can't. Yes. Be a serial killer. So would you say like the number one? Uh, well, serial killers do be fine. Uh, some some Sadly. of them are not. Some of them are not. I don't know if you ever watched that's Blackbird. True. That's it, true. You know, but a lot so, of them so, are but, men. But that's essentially what you're saying. You're like, well, I'm not Chris Watts. Right. I don't. I don't. But give the vi- but the vibe is that like family killer, like that, like the dad family, like he's a hot dad, hot family dad killer, who like who gave the illusion that he was a perfect family. He also ran his own business. He liked trucks. We run our own business. Yeah, but I don't. I don't like trucks, like big trucks. He also had a house with a backyard, and he had three kids. I have one kid. I think he had two. 
I think they had two. No. Oh, he- two and one on the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I see that. I see now why we're disagreeing. Anyway, so you know everything about his life, it seems, because the I, minute this person looked, said Chris Watts, you you decided to do a deep dive on where to well, we watched went to high school. It was like an American crime. Remember, no, yeah, yeah, we yeah. watched it. Together. I love true crime. So yeah, Amber, is... Watts. If anybody's all right, but I, honestly, I'm also Amber, getting stronger than you. So if you want, if you, you want to go, let's kill fucking me. go. Let's if you go. were to kill me, how would you do it? This is not helping the fact that people think you're gonna kill me one day. How would all right? So if you were to, you know, if I were to kill you, how would you hide the body? I don't know how I would hide the body, but I think I would want to run over you with my, with a car. Ooh. And just, like, back up and go forward and back up. Oh, yeah, just forward. like a crunch, like... Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I just rode kill your ass. Okay. Yeah, how would you kill me? How would you dispose the body? Is it better? Because um, you don't want any evidence. How would I dispose of your Cause body? Because if, if, if I'm roadkilled, you have to scrape... You'd have to get one of those shovels. You know how they have true. one of those uh, shovels that you have to scrape up with the ice? So you'd have to... Sc- my Maybe I would, would just there. skip town and start a new life. It would be hard trying to pick up your little glasses and stuff. I'm like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have killed them. <laughs> you know? <laughs> who, who messaged me? I should say their name. No, don't do that, Benjamin. How would you kill me? They're going to they uh, love this. They're going to be like... <laughs> I I mean I would Othello your ass because you snore so fucking loud. <laughs> Wait, what happened to Othello? Was it, was uh, it beheading? Othello, no, no. Othello uh, kills his love interest by um, suffocating her. So, oh, you would so Iago. Me. Iago takes a pillow. I would pillow your ass. So Iago sort of says, "Oh damn, his, his partner is you know." You would look me in my eye and suffocate. No, no, me. you'd be sleeping, snoring so loud. Yeah, but you would have to eventually take the pillow off, and then you'd be like, you'd, no, no, you'd see my face there. No, 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 no. I wouldn't put. I would take. I wouldn't. No, because I'd look away. I'd just look away, look away, and then and then I'd feel you stop struggling. I'd probably have my eyes closed. Feel you stop struggling. Okay, you know what I'm gonna do if you ever try that. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stop struggling. Well, and see, lie there. That's the thing. But if you wake up, you up, yeah, I'm see, gonna fuck your shit. Yeah, this is uh, really bad. That's so fucked. I love this conversation. <laughs> This Y'all, is... please do not take this seriously. Ben loves like gore and humor. You and do horror. too, man. I do too, but we... you, but I I can I I I feel people getting uncomfortable, uh, even though this <laughs> I haven't produced this episode yet. So I, I just want to remind people that this is a joke. This is a long running joke. Uh, also, the way the best way to dispose a body maybe get like piles of acid like a vat of acid and then mm. just melt the body I, I saw that in um breaking bad they do that got it oh my god it's so sad that they they like kill these two boys on bicycles and then no stop spoiling it it's so sad some people haven't uh, seen, i i haven't seen breaking bad i saw like episode one you weren't you were not interested in finishing it amber didn't i like might that. go see it one day and now you've spoiled it maybe so when you're wearing the nursing home because Wild's like you made me do too many things. I was music classes and library story time because she's not gonna like let me go live with her. Anyway, back to my snoring. Here's how I think about it. Uh, and this is this is real tea. If I didn't snore, what would be wrong with me? So I I have to snore. You want a list? Because then I'd be perfect. I'm funny, I'm charming, I'm confident. I, so I have to have something, you know? I have to have at least one character flaw. So the snore. Do, wait, do you want me to go down all the things wrong with you? Give me give me five things that's wrong with me. Okay, so uh, you're impatient. Mm-hmm. 
or I move with uh, urgency. You you put way too many things in the dryer so that the dryer doesn't dry everything. You ever oh, tries to a woman, rush a woman the who helps with load. chores? A, a woman uh, who helps yeah, with chores. Yeah, but she doesn't do oh, it no. correctly. Okay, so let's see. I, I move with urgency. I help out with household chores. Keep going. Um, you're you're impulsive, so you make decisions. I take initiative. Keep going. I mean, you were just talking about that tattoo on your uh that was hidden up by your uh, hair. You you got a sugar Amber got sugared a little while ago, and she discovered a tattoo down there that was an impulsive decision that you know that now made for a fun story. Keep going. Um, you got two more. Sometimes you give people second chances when they don't deserve it. I'm forgiving. I have a heart of gold. What's the next one? Uh, man, um, you don't know how to play an instrument. I sing. My voice is my instrument. Okay, fine, but like I'm. I you can don't play know a tambourine. <laughs> and I could probably figure out how to put it all together. Um, oh, in garage. You bed. don't. You're. You don't. You're not a Star Trek fan. I know. That's who a, a huge. I know flaw. who Ahura is, and I watched the Strange New Worlds. The first season. You we we got to watch the second season. Yeah, but I watched it. You did. And watch it, but I went an, out of our way to get someone to make a Star Trek inspired wedding signature thing for nice. our wedding. No, I did that. No, you didn't. It was your friend, but I asked him. Oh, you did. I think we're forgetting who planned the wedding. Yeah, Amber does plan pretty good. So. Every every flaw that you just named can actually be seen. Oh, as something you don't know positive. how to ask for help. I don't want to burden people with my issues, so I I try all of my techniques. Amber's pretty good I at she's she's good at flipping this script for sure. All right, I'm I'm done. See, I I gassed you up and then I gassed you down. <laughs> so. Anyway, you want to talk about Wild for a second? Yeah, let's we'll, talk. We'll about go through it. the imperfect parent segment real quick. What's going on with Wild Lynn? Man, I uh, she did something recently, and Amber sort of raised her voice at her, and you did that. Babe. Oh, I did that. Yes, you you were kind of a yeller. Oh, well, you you get panicked like if she's about to run down the street, you're like screaming, yeah. Oh well, she she put her. So I think I raised her voice. She she was gonna do something like grab something down that would have yeah. really hurt. Knock hurt. over a drink or something, yeah. And I was like, no, don't do this. I you know raised my voice, and she just looked at me, and she like put her head down and started like, she just got like scared and shameful. I don't yeah. know if she felt shame. I think she was just scared, and she put her head down and was. She like she hides her say, face. She hit her face, and I was like, oh damn. So she's doing this thing now where she's kind of feeling physically guilt. physically showing that she feels guilt and shame. Dang. When you yell too loud. And you gotta stop yelling so you Yeah, but this is so new. I'm like, oh my gosh, she can like hear the words you're saying and, and like, know don't their impact. Do that. Yeah, and she'll try to find a way to ask for forgiveness a little bit. Oh, uh, or so today she was playing with the door and her finger was in between the edges of the door that it would shut on her. And I was like, stop. And she Yeah, just, you I was downstairs, so I heard you yell so loudly, and I was like because she she did that earlier mm -hmm. this week and she really hurt her finger. Like not, she didn't break it. Thank God. But I, I just could see her like, cause those doors could literally the force of those doors, the way they hinge could snap her little bones. And I just was like, <laughs> I don't want her little bones to be snapped. You know, the thing about it, I was reflecting on this and your sister told us this, right? 
when you have a kid, you learn sort of like what your individual triggers are with things or, or like those triggers are heightened. So I've been learning that loud yelling is a huge, huge trigger, trigger for, for me because my, God love Stop. him, my father was a yeller. So I don't even, you know how we are, Ben. Like, when we get into an argument, I need you in the same room. Like, you can't go in another room and try to argue with me about the thing. Because <laughs> like, even if you're not yelling. Can I, you just do this or do that? And she's like, no. No, you're, you're yelling at me. Yeah. Like, she's like, I need you to sit down next to me and hold my hand. And and yes. I actually like that. That's yes, great... because you know what you can't do? You You almost can't cuss somebody out when you're looking them in the eye and holding their hand. Like I'm at hold my hand real quick. Yeah. Let me tell y'all ass something, bitch. Like it, yeah. it, it's it's impossible to do. Like without I, I think without you could comic. Pull it off. I don't think I could. I don't think I could. <laughs> but it's so easy. I mean, it's kind of like how it's easy for strangers to like tell you that you look fat and disgusting and ugly. And then if they ever got to you in person, they would never say that. Also, they probably would not even remember saying it as well. Yes. Yes. Of course. They'd be like, What? I said what? So it's very hard to be a thug while you're holding someone's hand and looking them in the eye. And even when you're trying, even when you are not actively trying to yell at me or raise your voice at Wild or anybody, like if, if you're not talking in just like the tone that I'm talking in now, it, it feels like yelling to me. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, I'm You'll be going like, to put be- the clothes in the, w-. I'm like, no. Just come downstairs. No, oh, all I'm asking you to do is put the clothes in. I'm like, I can't, I can't do you that, man. That's another, you never change the lint out of the lint catcher. I'm like, you're going to burn our house down. I jumped to these ridiculous conclusions. Like, you didn't lock the door. Yeah. Someone's and gonna... then somebody would come over and be like, you know, Amber tried to burn the house down today. And I'm like, what is he talking about? <laughs> she didn't change the lint. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That fucking lint. Anyway. We are going to do our absolute best to be sweet and kind to Lil Wildland because I don't like that she no feels... No excessive I don't, scolding. No excessive scolding. I don't like that she feels shame and puts her head... She, like, literally buries her head down when you do that. All right, you ready to move on to our marriage letters? Oh, yeah. These are my favorite. Okay, so the next segment of our show is called I Do's and Don'ts, where we give dating advice, or if you're single and looking advice, or if you're giving, like, I'm married and this shit is horrible, we give as much advice as we can. So... I'm going to jump right into our first letter. Dear Amber and Ben, what are your thoughts on critiquing your partner? I've been with my partner for eight years. As of last year, we changed our lifestyle. We now try to live an active, healthy lifestyle. I have noticed I get little critiques coming from my partner. I know he means them in the best way possible, but I am an overly sensitive person. One critique was I was complaining about not seeing weight loss results recently, and he told me my late night snacking was bad or the reason. Recently, they told me I say the word like too much in a conversation. I know they have the best intentions with these comments, but sometimes they hurt my feelings. What are your initial thoughts to critiquing your partner? Yeah, you got to have intense trust before you give the critique and be like, listen, the reason I'm saying this is that I believe that you can have better speech habits and that it's difficult for me to listen to you when you use the term like. And I know it's a difficult thing. You have to put lots of, you know, little asterisks as you give that. And there's got to be a lot of trust. So if I ever give Amber critiques, like critiques that I think really careful about, 
have to be like, I, I know that you're trying to do a lot, a load of laundry and get everything done. Uh, and I will try to help you with this, but make sure maybe just put the towels in and then put the sheets in because then we have to run them again. And please, please, I know it's difficult to remember. I'll maybe even put a little sign, but just please change the lint catcher. Okay, please. Yeah. You know, so you can sort of do that and be like, and, and, and I'm not doing it because you're bad or I'm not doing it. Like I, I sometimes forget to change the lint thing too. I don't, but I would lie and say, <laughs> but I would be like, hey, this isn't the reason. Like give, I like to give a reason when I'm giving a critique, you know? Yeah. And, or I think the, there's this whole like ratio correct between it's three praises one critique or something yeah like that something to that lines they teach us in teaching I'm I'm gonna tell you both of Ben and I's flaws real quick because I'm gonna be honest about this I have I personally I've always been like this this is not unique to Ben I have a really hard time taking feedback from people that are not on my level I want to say that again. <laughs> or that you perceive to that not I perceive. be on your level. So I will give a clear example of that. Does that mean I'm right? Absolutely not. So, for example, I love my father, but he, he's going to become the, the number one draft pick for every conversation, right? So my father barely graduated high school, and then he later went on to be uh, in the, the Air Force. Great. Obviously, he got together with my mom, whatever. It was very hard for me growing up to hear my father give me critiques about my grades Uh, anything formal education any formal education wise because in my mind I was like well you don't even you didn't even do what you're asking me to do you know so he would be like what's going on with this bead that you have in whatever college course and I'm like in my head I'm thinking like you didn't even go to college you know is this very childish yes no I'm I'm admitting that it sounds nonsensical so what happens with you and I is I will edit a video and you will give me critiques. You will give me unsolicited critiques on that video. Like you'll hover over my shoulder and be like, you need to shave 30 seconds off of that. And I don't like that shit because I'm like, it is my editing that has moved us across this country. You will not critique this video. I need all 30 seconds. Yeah. And those are the times where you have to remind me of like, Amber, I'm not your enemy. You don't need this extra 30 seconds. You're, you're a phenomenal. Yeah. You, you have to almost be like, you're a phenomenal editor. You're a phenomenal storyteller. You can shave 30 seconds off. And that's when I'm like, I, I really could. So I, I need to be humbled in those ways. But it is really, really hard for me and for a lot of people to take criticism from somebody who is not doing the thing or has not been better at the thing that I am. It's not hard for me to take feedback from mentors and people who are uh, more successful than me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I'm not sure what this specific letter dynamic is, but I, I know for me personally, that is something that I need to work on. Because just because somebody, you know, just because I edit more videos than you doesn't mean you have you don't have really va- valid critiques. I, I would say also a mentor relationship. You go into that expecting a critique. Right. So when you're with a partner, that partner does a lot of things with you. You cook together. You have fun together. You you know, pay rent, you do all these other things together. And so when they jump into a critique, 
now they're entering entering into sort of a different part of that relationship. Yes. So you sort of got to give a person a warning. I try. I've learned with Amber that I got to give her a warning. Like, do you want me to critique? critique this or do you want it to just stand as it is oh, so you i did started that asking that oh you did that yesterday and i almost got horny at i almost I had like, sex you, with you on the kitchen table because like, i was like oh check out this video i just made I'm about to send it to this brand and you were like before i watch this would you like critiques or would you let me just watch it and move on and i was like thank you for giving me the choice yeah. thank <laughs> you for not hijacking the video and telling me it's it's trash yeah that that i feel much better at but whenever she i would never walk, say trash that's not a critique that's just a value judgment i know but that's how it feels when i get an yeah. unprompted critique i, I feel attacked yeah <laughs> i know that sounds crazy but when i used to walk in from school to say like hey mom hey dad what's this b i see on your report card i i'm that's a value judgment I, I go, I that's go not into a critique defense mode that's I, not I go into like a you can ask that, and yeah, you know, you can sort of say something like, "Hey, I notice you got a B. I expect for you to have an A. You're a smart." So you sort of lead with that, where or you just ask, "What's this B?" That sort becomes a little bit yes. Hard, or you say hurtful. like, "Hey, go, go put your stuff down. Go have a sandwich. I would love to talk to you about your grades in a minute when you get a chance. Like, I see some mm -hmm. good things on here, and I see some things I'm wondering about. Yeah, like that gives me a second to be like, "Okay, let me go breathe. Let me go whatever." But whenever somebody just throws me into a conversation and I didn't see it coming, I'm I go into attack De mode or defense, yeah, or yeah, you're more of attack. So that so I say all this to say, going back to the letter, it doesn't mean that your partner cannot critique you. But sometimes, for example, and and I'm someone who says like a lot, as y'all have heard of the podcast, I'm I'm working on it as well. But sometimes I think to myself. Where is this critique coming from and how is it productive? Because if I am sitting on my couch just using casual, informal speech, I shouldn't have to monitor how much I'm saying like versus this and that. Now, if I'm hosting something and I want to get better at my speech and better at connecting with my audience, I am welcome to taking a critique. But upgrading my language that is not offensive at the house is just crazy for me. It's just not like I don't think that's necessary. I disagree. Okay. I believe if you are trying to stop a habit, you're going to have to practice in the home. Yeah, but one of us has asked the other of us several times to stop cussing as much because maybe we have a child who's picking up everything, and then I get pushback. So it's like, well, what am I... So, so, you're, so you're saying now that it is okay for me to give you a critique on your speech in the home and you're going to take it seriously. Times. Yeah. In the home and outside the home. Yeah, I'm cuz you kind of contradicting yourself a little bit. What are you talking about? You don't you so I've, I I I have receipts. So I think you're confused. I'm saying if if you want to practice a habit, for example, in this case, saying the term or the word like. You want to stop saying that. Well, I don't think the, you need the person to, let me wants finish. to stop saying yeah, it. Yeah, let me fin let me finish. If that's if that's the behavior, then you're going to have to practice this in the home. Your statement is saying it shouldn't matter how you yes, we switch how we talk formally or informally, but the word like is a filler and filler words are very distracting and it would be helpful to remove that completely from your language both in the home and outside the home. Well, I w here okay, well here's what I would want from you if I was getting that critique. Mm -hmm. What you just said. 
I would like my partner to say like I'm I'm having a difficult time listening to the complete story because I keep hearing a, a few filler words here. Mm. One of your main filler words is like. So could you just tell me this story again and do your best to just tell me exactly what happened, how it happened, so I can truly listen to you because I want to listen to you. Mm. But if I'm just telling the story and somebody's like, you say like too much. Yeah, that's I'm like, what? disruptive to the story. Right. Like, well, why do you actually want me to stop saying like? That's, well, the, that's the question. Because I actually want you to stop cussing as much because our kid is, is picking up words by the second. Quite literally. In this case, this person is asking advice on giving someone critique. I think giving them a warning that you're about to give them a critique mm -hmm. and give them the reason that you're giving them the critique, which is what you just said. So if you're giving them a critique about using the word like, say, hey, when you told this story, I heard like frequently and it distracted from me understanding the story. So giving warnings and giving the reason behind any critique is a huge, huge preventer of, like, of conflict. I tried to avoid saying like. Me too. Me too. It's hard. I think that's helpful. Please let us know uh, what y'all think about that in the comment section on YouTube or wherever. But let me know. Uh, you, you know who you are who submitted that. Okay. You ready for letter number two? Yeah. Hello, Wallen fam. Recently, I've been seeing this white guy for three and a half months, and we're having a little trouble with him feeling comfortable in my black spaces. When I hang out with his friends and family, I'm very interactive with everyone. I participate in all the activities like it's the best thing ever. Basically, feeling a part of the family and the crew. Sometimes his friends text me to do stuff more than him now. When it comes to my black spaces, he acts way different. He gets quiet and very standoffish. That makes it very awkward for my peers. I've always tried to get him to participate by asking questions in my group settings, and he is very short with his response or whatever. This is not just with my black friends and family. It's also within black concerts or black movies. What should I do? Break up with him. I agree. No. Uh, I, I. Well, you go. Yeah, I don't know how else to do this. I will say that, okay, I want, I want to clear something up real quick because I think sometimes people see our relationship and, th and think like, your key to happiness is interracial love. That is not true. I've dated plenty of black partners before I got with Ben who were great. They just didn't work out because of timing or maybe they didn't want a relationship. So I don't think that, you know, white is right or the key to that is everything but because we are in a interracial relationship if you were uncomfortable now now have you put your foot in your mouth once or twice in 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 a weird way sure but if you were like generally uncomfortable in those spaces i don't think we could continue seeing each other yeah it sounds like this white man's only interaction with black people have been you and so that means that you're going to have to be not only his educator, but also his like love interest. And that there's an element of being an educator and love interest that goes hand in hand. But you're going to be his like elementary school teacher. Yeah. You know, and is the juice worth the squeeze at this mm, point? Because that's the question. Like, do y'all have an incredible time together? And it's it's so magical and so wonderful because no shade, girl. Three and a half months, I feel like it's something that can be let go of. Yeah, three and a half months is it's it's enough time for him to 
to sort of talk about it. I, I'm, I think you should talk about it. Yes. I'm wondering if you've brought it up before. Right. Because Cause you have to bring that up. Because like, there are there are black spaces that yeah, white white do white people go to black spaces without like romantic involvement bringing them in, you know? Like for the most part a lot of like lifelong childhood friends maybe. Yeah, might might do that. Yeah. I mean, you would know better than I. I for me, I guess like the black spaces I went into were schools I taught in black schools. Mm-hmm. And so you sort of hear things in that way or uh, and then occasionally go to a black church. Um, yeah. My my church growing up, they had a lot of the churches in on Long Island. They're segregated, so there's you know Korean churches and mm-hmm. white churches, like Hispanic and Latino churches. And so occasionally, our white church would meet with and do sort of a combined service with a Korean church or something along the line of that. Okay. Or, or a black church. And so that inner, so they would do like a shared barbecue or whatever. That is a way to interact with those spaces as well, where the spaces intermingle. A lot of kids, a lot of white kids, first interaction with black spaces are through like listening to hip hop music for them. Probably the biggest gateway is going to a, like a concert you know, a black, a black space in that way. But because really, that's a lot of work it, for you. It's a, it is. A, it's a lot of labor. And honestly, what it sounds like it's coming down to is fear. Like you are afraid of a race of people of, of a culture. You're afraid of my family and friends. Like that's, like, why uh, else would may, someone be it could, uncomfortable? There's, there's, well, there's maybe they element. don't want to say something racist or they don't want well, to come afraid. off as a... That's still a level yeah, of fear. Yeah, they're f- afraid of this or that. And and that's when you just got to be like, you got to chill. Like, it's fine. No one thinks you're racist. Or no one's looking at you. No one's looking or, at you. Yeah. What? I don't know. Would you like to share what it was like meeting my family for the first time? Or Yeah, it was awesome. I, w- I wish you was a little short sometimes with my family. <laughs> you be talking too damn much. I'm just kidding. Well, yeah. I mean, people are different. People are, you know, some people are just cooler than... I know. <laughs> I, I Yeah, this sounds like a shitty situation. Sounds like you're vibing with this person in other ways, but this person's not comfortable around black people. <laughs> and That's if you're wild. not, And you're black, and y- those are your <laughs> peeps, as you say. And so... Yeah. Yeah, that's just that's always because if you're black, black people, other black people are always going to be in your life. So that that can't happen that, you know, a couple weeks ago we were talking about how it kind of sometimes does matter that your family and friends approve of your partner because it's like these this is your nest. This is who keeps you grounded. And if those people think you can do better or think, hey, your your partner is uncomfortable with just us existing. We passed him a hot dog and he hit he hit in a corner. Like that is not that that just feels suffocating. Mm-hmm. It's mm. so oh, okay. So whenever you go, this is the thing. Whenever you go to a different culture, it's uncomfortable at first. And but black, you don't think sometimes like and black culture is a different culture than white. Yes, culture, of course. Like whites, but it's exciting. Like we just came back from Paris. Like it's it's exciting to try a new culture's food and well, music for some people that energy. could be very scary and be very you don't want to you know step a boundary or say something wrong or do some you know do something culturally inappropriate that you're unaware of. For some people that could be anxiety inducing. For us, we're like yeah, whatever. 
Uh, also, that's not the first time yeah. we've done that to, together. We've yeah, gone to true. other places together. And there are definitely, I think, I remember the first couple of times I went to a different culture. I remember feeling super uncomfortable. When I was 16, I went to Romania. It was very uncomfortable seeing um, the did Roma there. Did you grow there. to get more comfortable? Yeah, eventually, because I matured. Of course. And it sounds, you know, you could give this person more months to get it together, but you're going to have to talk to him directly about it. Hey. And he has to admit that, like, I, I can totally see myself shifting in these spaces, and I and I love you, and I like he, you, and I want to do this he, right. He, he might just need permission from you to act himself. And he might be like, well, maybe they won't accept me if I act myself because it's too white or something. Yes, yeah, so like... And like, but what and people don't like realize, that's like, internalized, right? Like that's yeah. sort of a racist idea. Yeah, th- it's it's you know something. One of my old jobs taught me is that like we in the workplace, in the love place, in the family space, like we the have, love we place. just we have we're in the love place, in the sunken place. We have to do a better job assuming the best in each other, and so I think to be black is to inherently have almost everyone assumed the worst of you. Mm. So now in my comp, because the the reality is, is when you bring a white person into a black space, you already a little bit compromise the space. People, people naturally make black people. We naturally make accommodations to make this white person feel more comfortable, whether we think we do or not. Mm-hmm. When people see Ben, they're like, Hey, get in here. Hey. And, and they're trying to, they're trying to go out of their way. My family members and loved ones, go out of their way to make you feel comfortable. And I try to match that energy. And you match that energy. So I'm like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Okay. Great. Yes. And so it's it's frustrating when, you know, black people, we're always presumed to be, like, aggressive and dangerous or whatever. So when we go out of our way to accommodate and you still acting like that, why did you bring this man over here it is what I would be thinking if I was your cousin, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think he needs to also think about that. Like when when a white person comes to a space, we go out of our way to be like, okay, you got any fun dietary restrictions? You, I'm also let, let's let's teach you how to electric slide. Like we already make concessions. You know what I would suggest to this person because this person, uh, this person wrote the letter. The white guy, you've only seen him from the from the letter around his friends, where he, these are people he's you know, presumably spend a lot of time with. So, of course, he's going to be more comfortable and, you know, chill. I wonder if you took him to a different setting, like, all around that wasn't a black setting, and just to see his interaction there, to see maybe he could just be a more shyer person around hmm. new settings. That's a good point. Potentially, right? Yeah, And, no, and that, like, oh, this is a new setting, I'm just going to be shyer. So if you w- did, like, a work event with him. Salsa dancing class. Or salsa or dancing yeah, class. Something, something, or something that's not black or white. So, <laughs> Something that, or I would say even white, even go to a white space that he's that feels alien or different to him, and I'm and I observe if he's more shy or more quiet spoken, because people can be very very different once they're out of their own element of comfortability. That's true. So I so try that. Try I guess, that. So scrap everything we just said. Try what Ben said, and if that doesn't work, ask yourself: Is the juice worth the squeeze? All right, real quick, last segment of the show, Shelfie. Um, you you shared earlier that you were reading Maeve Flack. Man, I, there's this whole uh, thing in here about people saying that Los Angeles doesn't have the culture of New York. And the main character, Maeve, who's probably my favorite protagonist now, anti-hero, 
she goes on this whole rant about culture is everywhere. How do you say there's no culture? Literally, look at the Tropidor, which is a L.A. Uh, music venue, which I gotta go to. We've talked about going to a music venue. Culture was built here. Movies mm-hmm. were built here. How do you say? How do New Yorkers come here all the time? And say L.A. doesn't have the right kind of culture, you know, or there's no culture yeah. here. And she's like, you could go out to bumfuck the middle of nowhere with a hundred people, and there's culture there. Where there are humans, there's culture, and there's this wonderful line about that. It's really, really good. So the protagonist is written first person, but the protagonist has these deep, wonderful thoughts, and um, <laughs> it's such a violent book. And it a lot of it takes place in Disneyland. She works as uh, she's Elsa. Uh, oh, that's cool. Uh, Elsa is the the queen, right? Yeah. Wait, she's Han- Frozen. She's Hana. Anna. Anna. She's Hana. Anna. She's Anna. No, she's Elsa. She's either Elsa or Anna. I forgot. Okay. <laughs> I forget the two because she doesn't call it Frozen. So she calls Cinder. I think because of copyright reasons, she talks about Cinderella and Snow White, and then there's Elsa and Anna, and she's. Right. Which is her friend and her, and they she just calls them that the Scandinavian queens or the ice Got queen because you can't that. say frozen because yeah, frozen is owned by somebody else. Owned, yeah. uh, but dis but Disney doesn't own Cinderella and Snow White. Those are that fairy tales that Got have been it. around for a very long time. So I was like, oh, I see what you did here. It's really worth it because <laughs> where did you get this book again? Stories. Yeah, story. So I this book was recommended by Stephen Graham Jones and Grady Hendrix, who are like, you know, master horror writers. Mm-hmm. And this, this is C.J. Leeds' first book, who is an L.A. person. And I was like, oh man, I this book is amazing. And and she was doing a reading at Stories Cafe in L.A., which is a great little cafe and bookshop. And I put it in my calendar to go. We had just come back from Paris, and I forgot about it. And something popped up where I was reading Stephen Graham Jones again. I was like, oh, yeah, I need to read this book. So, And I was like, oh, yeah, she's doing a book reading. Realized I missed it, got super depressed. But then I went and bought the book. And it's it's short. It's a e- Again, it's an easy read. You got to read it. Man, I think, Amber, you would love it. And the cover yeah. is so cool. So I do the, like cover the cover is, is this woman eating an eyeball with, like, these teeth. And like black blood dripping down. It's oh, it's gruesome and it's oh man, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, speaking of serial killers, for Shelfie, I know this is supposed to be what we do. Separately, it's what we watch. But it's it's watch. What, yeah, 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 yeah. So Ben and I have been watching Swarm together, which oh, we've been man. meaning to start forever. We've watched the first three episodes. I want to say, yeah. And honestly, y'all, we are loving it. Yeah, here. it's shot on real, so it has that grainy look. Yeah. And you can see that part sometimes when the cut, when they cut the the film, it's such a cool movie. It's so funny, and it's it's a comedy. It's yeah, it is a comedy, it's a comedy. and I I enjoy seeing a black girl serial killer. I'm like, Oof. yes, more of this. I love when a black girl is a black woman or lady or whoever is uh the the villain like in an yeah. intentional way, you know, because I feel like strip club dance I've ever seen. Yes. Ever. Oh God. The stripper scenes. I, I feel like we are, we have to be so like nurturing and take care of everybody's problems. So it's so radical to have a black girl just like bludgeoning people. It's like, yeah, yeah, we're, we're a little fun too. Yeah. I, so I've really been enjoying swarm. Dominique Fishback is a dream. I think this was directed by Donald Glover and Janine. Oh, yeah. Donald, Donald Glover's the big name behind it. Who Don't did a lot of yet. the production. 
and it is well worth the watch. And it's about 30 minutes. Uh, I do know people who don't watch a lot of horror have been watching it, but they've been Didn't... taking their time watching it because it is violent. Um, mm. I think we've counted by the end of the by the end of the third episode, maybe we've counted like six, seven people dying. Yeah. So there's you get like you know two two people dying, two three people dying an episode. So and they you you see them die. Yeah, and Dominique Fishback is playing such great like alt black girl kind of socially awkward uh chloe bailey's been there in there so far uh michael jackson's daughter paris king i want to say paris jackson paris thank you who is paris king i don't know what i'm talking about michael jackson's daughter would have maybe his last name yeah somebody's name is king i don't know paris jackson uh, was in an episode i i think they're just doing a really great job of being Funny and campy and gory, and I'm I'm enjoying it. I think it's gonna be like Ben said, episodes are thirty minutes, so we we fully intend to finish the series. But so far, three episodes in, they have not disappointed. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I think the whole '70s '80s serial killer aesthetic films is very much seen throughout it as well. It, it worked. It worked for me. And I love the whole plot of sort of. Uh, the parody of the beehive energy. Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah. that's I think that's really great. That's that's a super refreshing new storyline that we haven't seen before. Yeah, so and they like, parallel parts of Beyonce's life yes. with this Nija is like the Beyonce in there. So there's an elevator fight scene. That, yes. That goes viral. There's like a name image likeness yeah. energy with Beyonce and it's like, yes, we we're tapping onto something here. I do think this deserves a close watch because there are elements um where if you're not watching closely, you might miss. Uh, For example, in the first episode, there's a robbery, but the person who causes the robbery is not really, it's implied who causes the robbery. Um, So basically, yeah, yeah, we, we talked about it. So there's this, the main character runs like this mall stand. She walks away from her mall stand. Yes. These, these men come and rob her mall stand. Right. And it's, you're like, oh, wait, the re- the person who made her walk away from her mall stand is actually, that was intentional so his boys could rob it. Right. And it you have to, but they never reference it. You never yeah. really understand why that goes. happened. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, it deserves close watching. There's lots of like references and foreshadowing. It's it's very, it feels very um like tight, like, you know, high horror and yeah, but also it's campy as well. So and it feels so present right now because going back to our early conversation, it's like the heinous things that people say in your DMs and in your comment section. Like, would they ever stay in person? Yeah. If if confronted, <laughs> and you've got you know, it's like yeah. who's your favorite music artist? Yeah, that's, and they're gonna that's be like, fa- what? It's a I, recurring I line. That. Yeah. yeah, like people write these trash, terrible things on Twitter, and then they get confronted by it. By a serial killer confronts them. With their words, and like I don't remember saying it. It's like, oh, and one you know? I was like, like it's the reason it's you're being killed. Twitter, like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We gotta watch it, it when we get out of it here. It gives us sick satisfaction of seeing people murdered for their awful tweets, and you're like, yeah, maybe they don't deserve to die, yeah. but man, this is a fun fantasy to just watch on TV for a moment. Yeah, we're we are really enjoying Swarm. Cannot recommend enough. Let us know what you thought of Swarm because we're watching it late. So please, I, I like that though. I like watching something when everybody's not watching it, so I can fully formulate my own yeah, we're thought not. analysis. Not not digging into the stink pieces and think pieces just yet. So 
Um, we're going to finish that series by the time we record again. Yep. All right. Ben, you ready to get out of here? I am. Thank you so, so, so much for listening to another episode of Fly on the Wallin. Here's the outro music. We'll see y'all next week. Uh, bye. You know they're from TikTok, cause those laughs keep you coming, cause they're wildin' all the time. Before wild throws a tantrum, listen to our silly anthem, cause they're wildin' all the time. Don't swap why Amber squats, and does a dance to please a place. And Ben reads books while serving looks Wild is wildin' all the time Fly, fly, oh to be a fly Fly, fly, come and be a fly on the wall Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.